Hey guys, if you want to take out your outlines or if you got your Bibles with you, turn to a book of Nehemiah. We're going to be mostly hanging out in, in the fourth chapter. But I wanted to, to kind of pose a question to you before we get started about something totally different that has nothing to do with the lesson. It has everything to do with uh, a, a study that uh, my small group and I just went through. We do a, a U-verse study. And the question was, was raised. Have you, ever, you know, you're talking, when you say you're going to church, a lot of people say, I'm going to worship today. Y'all hear that before? Maybe you've even said it. The question was this. What would, what if, would worship be if we worshiped before? What would worship look like on Sunday if we worshiped before we got there? If we worshiped moment by moment. And so I've been trying that ever since I read that. I got to tell you, it's good. I went to bed early last night at 8 o'clock, so I've been up since 2. And, and, but I got to, I, I've had such a good time. I've been worshiping and, and sitting at my kitchen table, been, been worshiping and, and, uh, and, and, and worshiped on the way here, you know, and, uh, trying to get this moment by moment thing. And, and guess what happened? We got, we started our lesson at seven and, and I'm in a wonderful small group, uh, led by Bert Cook and, 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 you know, and then I come out here and. And, uh, and, I, and, and I was, I was worshipped before I came to worship. Or not, I was worshipped. I've been worshipping before I came to worship. And guess what? The ones that usually got on my nerves didn't get on my nerves this morning. <laughs> but now I'm just, I'm just, I'm not a people person. You guys know that. But there was something about how the Holy Spirit had changed my countenance. And how I looked at you. Because I worshiped before I worshiped. I'd like for you to try it. Just worship moment by moment. And not just on Sunday morning. You know, or not just on uh, small group night. Try worshiping moment by moment. It changes everything. You'll like people that don't normally like. <laughs> Things will be much easier. Less stress. Almost no stress. If you worship moment by moment. We'll talk about maybe some of that more later. Right now we're still in how God turns in, turns uh, setbacks into comebacks. We're in week seven of this and I don't see us getting out of it anytime soon. It's going to be a short lesson today, but uh, we started this one. This is kind of part two of last week of when you feel like giving up. And uh, we said last week that uh, discouragement is a big enemy, I mean, a big tool that Satan uses. And, and some of you may be discouraged today. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But we, uh, we talked about four setbacks that causes discouragement. And, and the first one we talked about, if you don't remember, is, is when something takes longer than expected, this causes fatigue. You see, the Jewish people were working on the wall, and it was taking longer than they expected. And they got tired. They said, 
They said, Nehemiah, we're tired. We're weary, man. We're just wore slap out. And remember, when did the setback, when did the discouragement start? Halfway. We always get discouraged about halfway through a project, don't we? Halfway uh, through anything. It's about time we get, get tired. And he said, we just can't keep this pace up. And, and then another cause of, of discouragement, another setback is this, was, was when something is more complicated than expected. What's this cause? Frustration. When something's more complicated than expected, I just get frustrated. Do y'all? I don't want it to be complicated. I want it to be simple. Especially if I'm expecting it to be simple. And the third cause of, of discouragement is this. Uh, when I start to doubt my own ability, this causes a sense of failure. And I get discouraged. And the fourth cause of discouragement, the setback, is, is when the opposition goes, grows stronger. When the opposition grows stronger, this causes fear. These are four causes of, of discouragement. Four causes of making you want to give up. You ever want to give up? That's what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about what we should do when we feel like giving up. You know, what is God's cure for you and for me when, when we feel like giving up? You know, when you're at that halfway point that we talk about of your project or, or, or your life. You know, or your ministry, career, marriage, your career, you know, you know, whatever. Whatever halfway point you are is probably when you're going to, to feel like giving up. And, 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 and where do you find the strength and the motivation to finish what you started? Or, or what God has started in you. We talked about that this morning in Every Man a Warrior. My prayer is, is, is for everyone here to finish well. I pray that we finish well. And, and so that's what we're talking about. Uh, the Bible says that being confident and, and, and he who began a good work in you will complete it on the day of fruition in Christ Jesus. He will complete his work in you. Well, how do you keep going when it feel like giving up? We got to do the three things to, that, that Nehemiah did. When he led the people to finish the wall. If we do these three things, we can keep going. Keep going. We, we won't give up. And, and you and I need to do them. They are relevant to each and every one of us today. You, you know, whether it's fatigue, whether it's frustration, whether it's fear, or whether it's a fear of failure, you know, they're relevant for our comeback. And remember, to have a comeback, you must have a what? Setback. We're going to have a setback. Very first thing uh, that Nehemiah did and what you and I should do is this. Number one, fill in your blanks for me. Reorganize whatever is not working. Reorganize whatever is not working. This was the first thing that Nehemiah did. And, and, and it may be what we need to do even now. It, there may be something in your life. There may be something in your family, in your job, and, and, and in your business. What I'm trying to say is this. 
You may be doing the right thing, but you might be doing it the wrong way. Y'all get that? That's important. You may be doing the, the, the right thing, but in the, the wrong way. And sometimes we get discouraged when we think that, that we're, I must be doing the wrong thing. When in reality, you and I just might be doing it the wrong way. And, and we get discouraged. We may just need to do it totally different. So maybe I want to give you a little encouragement this morning to keep doing what you're doing. You might just need to do it a little different. Nehemiah 4.13 uh, says this. I, I put this in the message translation. So I stationed armed guards at the most vulnerable places of the wall, and I assigned people by families with their swords, lances, and bows. I love what Nehemiah did. You know, he did have everybody just working, working like crazy. And, 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 and he said, okay, now some people are going to guard. Some people are going to guard, and, and, and some will work on the wall, and then, then we'll switch. This group will guard while the others work. Then, while, then they'll switch and, and do it all over, let, let each other rest. See, that, was, that way was going to keep them from getting tired, and it wouldn't be so monotonous. And for somebody with, with, with uh, ADD like me, that would be great. I wouldn't be doing the same thing all the time. And, and so he let them switch. He's just coming up with a new plan. Maybe you need to come up with a new plan, a, a different way of doing things. He didn't give up on his goal. His goal was to rebuild the wall. So he didn't give up on his, he just looked at a different way. Another plan. Uh, he changed uh, uh, to a new strategy. So, but here's my point. Whatever you're discouraged at right now, today, doesn't necessarily mean that you need to stop doing it. It just doesn't mean that you're doing the wrong thing. It may mean that you're doing it in the wrong way. Nehemiah looked at his people and says, we got to change the way we're doing this. We got to change the way we're doing this. So maybe you need to change the way you're doing your schedule. Or maybe you need to change the way that you're doing your diet. Or maybe you need to change the way, and maybe this is what I did this morning, the way I'm relating to people. Worship made me relate to you differently. Maybe more accepting. But maybe you need to change that. But the natural temptation is to give up on the dream. Is that right? When you don't think you're getting anywhere, when you, you naturally want to give up. I, I want to tell you, no, no, no. So I want to ask you, have you got a problem right now? Don't give up. Just change the way that you're doing things. What do you mean? Are you in debt? If you're in debt, reorganize your budget. Reorganize your budget. 
Are you out of shape? I'm going to ask you to raise your hands on that one. <laughs> if you're out of shape, reorganize your lifestyle. If you're out of shape, reorganize your eating patterns. Are you overcommitting your schedule? Reorganize your time. Say no. Say no. Where do you need to do what Nehemiah did? Reorganize whatever is not working. You got some things not working right now in your life? Reorganize. You got a homework project due this week? Young people, you may need to eliminate some things that's going on with you. You may need to get rid of some things out of your schedule or out of your life. Remember what they said? You got to clear out the rubble. Sometimes you just have to pick some things up. The clutter. Whatever's a clutter in your life. Guys, you need to think about your schedule. Whatever is a time waster. And you need to reorganize. We do a lot of trivial things in our day, don't we? Wouldn't you agree with me that it would be foolish to start a business without a business plan? It'd be foolish. But most Americans don't even have a plan for their lives. Do y'all know that? They don't. So my question is this, do you have a life plan? Do y'all? That's a question I'd like for you to answer this week. I love that Nehemiah Underline that. He posted by families. He posted by families. You know why? He wanted to make sure they had support. He wanted to make sure they had support. So my question to you here is what is your support group? We talked about it that in my small group this morning. I got a new support group. Do you have one? Guys, I want to tell you again, this ain't a support group. If it's over 12 people, you ain't in no support group. You're in a Bible study. I'm talking about a small group. Small group. One of the reasons that, that you may be discouraged is that you're trying to handle everything yourself. You're trying to, 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 to make all the right decisions. You're trying to do everything yourself. You need a small group. You need a support group. Maybe you need to start one. Maybe you need to start one. I'm going to tell you, that's one thing that gets on my nerves. People come up to me a lot and say, I'd love to get in a small group, but none of them meet on the time that I can meet. I say, well, start one. Start one when you can meet. Somebody's bound to be able to do that. Start one. Guys, I want to tell you, you need a, a, a spiritual family. Then I think, I believe you need a church. If it ain't this one, find one and get involved. 
Don't just come in and sit and soak and sire. Get involved. There's lots of benefits uh, for spiritual family. Lots of them. So reorganize whatever's not working in your life. Don't give up. Just look at it at, at, at at a different angle. And, and, and there's, as somebody used to teach me, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Second thing Nehemiah did was this. Number two, refocus on God. Refocus on God. The first part of Nehemiah 4.14 says, Then as I looked over the situation, this is Nehemiah talking, I called together the leaders and the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Remember the enemy, the people that were already there and, and, and they were mad because they were rebuilding the wall and they started uh, making fun of them and criticizing them. Remember I told you last week, it don't matter what you do, you put out a, a shingle, the moment you start leading, the moment you start doing something for the Lord or whatever, for business, you're going to get criticism, amen? People are going to ridicule you. They're going to say something. And, and, and so... But, but you need folks. You got so he's saying, don't worry about them. Remember the Lord. He looked at his folks and he said, guys, y'all been so busy working for God, you have forgotten God. The people had been working for him so busy so much. He said, y'all ain't had a break and you've forgotten God. And I want to tell you, have you been busy serving God so much that you've forgotten? Has that happened to you right now? Has it? Some of you are too busy. Too busy. Even, even working in the church. I know most pastors won't say that, but I'm telling you, if you're doing too much, you're doing too much. If you're doing too much, you're not effective. If you're doing too much, you're robbing somebody else of a blessing. Let them do it. You're not the only one that can do it. Amen? Refocus on God. Recommit yourself to Jesus Christ. You you know, then draw on spiritual resources. The Bible says King David, when he got discouraged, that he encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't encourage himself by watching TV. He didn't encourage himself by go playing golf. He didn't encourage himself by hunting. He didn't encourage himself by shopping. But in the Lord, in the Lord, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He says, remember the Lord. What? Let me give you three things that you need to remember when you do get discouraged. Write these down somewhere, somewhere. Just three things. You need to remember God's goodness in the past. God's goodness in the past. You need to remember God's closeness in the present. And the third thing that you need to remember when you're having a tough time is God's power for me in the future. God's goodness, God's closeness, and God's power. I guarantee you when you remember those three things, you're going to get your mind off the discouraging circumstances. You're going to get them away from it. Goodness, closeness, power. Because here's what I know. I've told you before. I'm going to tell you again. 
Your thoughts determine your feelings. Your thoughts determine your feelings. And discouragement is a feeling. I love this Jonah 2.7. Here Jonah is. He's in the belly of a whale at the bottom of the ocean. He said, when I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once again to the Lord. In the belly of a fish. At the bottom of the ocean. You feel like you're in the belly of a fish? Have you lost all hope? The word tells us to turn our thoughts to the Lord. King David's antidote was the same thing in the next verse, Psalm 119.25. I'm completely discouraged. Revive me by your word. This is just more, more evidence that we need a quiet time. And you need to have the word of God with you. If you're discouraged, it's very possible that you're not spending enough time. I'm not talking about hours on end. You're not spending enough time in the Word of God in the morning. You might even be spending more time on on social media than, than, than you are listening to God. If you're doing that, there's a clear sign that you're going to be discouraged. You might need to take a break from, from social media. The Word revives. The Word refreshes the word restores the word of God rebuilds so remember refocus on God this is the third thing Nehemiah did I'm almost finished what am I talking about <laughs> hell all right I may take a while on this one resist the discouragement Nehemiah resisted the discouragement I love that they chose this song that we just sang because when we resist the discouragement, that tells me that it's our choice. It's your choice to resist discouragement. you got to fight it. When you're halfway through a project, when you're halfway through a marriage, you're halfway through whatever, and you start to get discouraged, it's your choice either to give in to it or not. you got to fight. Then I told them, fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. Fight for them. I want to tell you as your pastor, don't you dare give in without a fight. Don't you do it. Friends, folks, we are in a spiritual battle. You and I are in a warfare every day. I told the men this morning, guys, we ain't in no playground. We're in a battleground. We're in a fight every day. And as, and as believers, we are called to a spiritual battle every day of our lives. Now, ultimately, it's been won. But there are battles that you and I will face every day. We are in a supernatural struggle uh, in combat with our enemy, Satan. And Satan is called uh, uh, to the uh, the accuser of the believers. Satan is a lie. He is accusing you and I every day. He's not going to win, but Satan would love to, to neutralize the effectiveness by discouraging you and I. He would love it. 
Don't you give in. Don't you give up. Not without a fight. He would love to neutralize you and your effectiveness. Satan's two favorite weapons are discouragement and distraction. Two favorite weapons. You know what distraction does? It gets you off your focus. It gets you off your focus. When you get off your focus, you get discouraged. Guys, it's a choice. James 4 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Guys, we are at war. We are at war. We're at war with with negative thoughts. We're at war with with negative forces that want want to keep us from developing our potential. What potential? Our potential for God. You have, every one of us has enormous potential for God. And the enemy don't want you to develop it. Let me tell you something. If you don't remember nothing else as you leave here, discouragement is a choice. Discouragement is a choice. What does that mean? It means you don't have to be discouraged. If you walked in here this morning discouraged, you don't have to be. You don't have to be. There is no one holding a gun to your head and say, you're going to be discouraged today. You don't have to be discouraged. It, it, it is your choice. You're discouraged right now because you are choosing to be discouraged. I can't say that enough. You're listening to discouraging thoughts. That's your choice. That's your choice to listen to discouraging thoughts. You're letting your mind and your thoughts process violence. That's your choice. That's your mind. And you're losing your effectiveness for the kingdom. Your choice. Do you know the difference between great people and ordinary people? Great people simply refuse, refuse to be discouraged. Great people simply refuse to be discouraged. Great people are just ordinary people with an extraordinary amount of determination. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not saying I'm great. Please don't think that I'm tooting my own horn. But my wife and kids can tell you this. I ain't that smart. And I certainly ain't that talented. But I don't know how to quit. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. Never give up, even when when things go wrong. As God uses you in the way he is going to use you, 
You cannot give up. Even when you're fatigued, even when you're frustrated, even when you're fearful, even when you feel like a failure, you got to choose to keep going. You got to choose to not give up. You got to reorganize what's not working. You got to re refocus on God and you got to resist the discouragement. It is your choice. Guys, you don't have to think those discouraging thoughts, you don't have to listen to them. So, my question as we close, What's unfinished in your life? What's unfinished in your life? Is there a relationship that needs to be reconciled? Is there some sort of, it might be a relationship that's dead and gone. Is there some sort of closure that you need to have? What's unfinished? Some of you guys have some unfinished business with God. Your walls have finished Some project that's half done. What have you known? Another question for you. What have, what have you known that God wants you to do, but you just keep putting it off? You just keep putting it off. Or maybe you're here just kicking the tires of this whole Jesus Christ thing, this whole Christianity thing, and, and you're, you, you kind of know that nudge is happening. You know that you need to give your life fully to him today. You need to go ahead and jump. You ain't got to know everything. Sometimes it ain't going to make sense. But it's time you give your life to him today. Maybe it's to be baptized. Big Fred's going to be baptized in 11 o'clock service. You can do that today. I got some draws back there. You can do that today. Maybe you've been waiting on doing that, and, and I want to tell you today's a good day to do that. Maybe you've been kind of wanting to join a small group. Do that. And if one don't necessarily fit you or, 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 or get you in the right time, start one. We'll help you. But what has caused you to be discouraged today? If it's fatigue, I'd tell you to rest. Go home and take a nap. Tell your wife, say, I'm listening to the preacher. I'm going to take a nap today. You heard him. You heard him. The most spiritual thing that I could do is take a nap. I'm just trying to be the leader of our home, honey. Now. If you're frustrated, Fred, you're messing me up. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Fred. If, you, if you're frustrated and you don't think you're doing the right thing, just reorganize what you're doing and look at it at a different angle and give it another shot. And I, I, I want to say this. There may be some rubble that you need to clean out. There may be some things that you're putting in your mind. There may be some things that you're watching, doing, playing, spending too much time with that's just getting in the way. It's just 
overwhelming. Maybe you need to clean out those. It might even be a relationship that you need to stop. Maybe you need to simply refocus your mind's on something else. And if it's failure that's bothering you, I want to tell you God loves you. God loves you no matter what. And he's not finished with you yet. He didn't bring you this far for you to fall flat on your face. Or maybe we do need to fall flat on our face before him. He didn't fall, bring you this far for you to fail. For you to fail. You know how I know that? My favorite chapter in the Bible, Romans chapter 8. The very first verse says, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. If you're listening to condemning thoughts, if people have condemned you, that is not from Christ Jesus. He builds, he does not tear down. He's a God of second chances. As the musicians come, I want to ask you, there again, if you're just kicking the tires of Christianity, today's a good day to, to go ahead and jump. Maybe you're here and say, I need a second chance. Today's a good day to begin a second chance. I like that our God is a God of second chances. Let me pray. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, what a creator you are. What a plan you had when you sent your son, Jesus Christ. And what power we receive when we remember and invite him into our lives. Lord, we can make better choices when we realize that we're guided by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And let him lead. Lord, I pray that we, we let our yeas be yeas and our nays be nays. Lord, I pray for the strength. But I know we need to walk uprightly. And according to your standards to receive that strength. Help me and help my friends walk according to your standards. I ask you, Lord, to place people in our lives. That'll tell us the truth. Even when we don't want to hear it. But they have our best interest at heart and they love us. As they help us grow closer to you. For that's where we want to be. Closer to you. It's not about us. It's about you. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>